Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. My other favorite guest who joins us every Tuesday is Tom Skilling from WGN-TV. Hi, Lisa. Tom, thank you for joining the Lisa Dent Show. How are you today? I'm fine. Happy Election Day, Lisa. Yes. Did you vote or did <laughs> you did vote early? I, I voted early. I, um, you know, I, I got the mail-in thing and I dropped it off at a, a Dropbox up here on the north side uh, on Sunday. So, and there were folks in line there and they said the turnout was, uh, was really quite impressive. How about you? Are you all done or are you going to the polls uh, after the show? No, I did it too. I voted early for the first time in my life. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting. I, I've gotten in some lines in the past, but uh, boy, there was no line at all. And of course, when you fill out the uh, ballot, they allow you to go right up to the box and stick it in. So that uh, that worked out well. Yeah, when you say a drop box, you're not talking about a mailbox. You're talking about an official voting drop box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. there are uh, monitors there in front of it and all the rest. Uh, you know, and then there's a line as well because there are a few people actually at the voting booths. Uh, there at the same time. But when you walk in with it, uh, they have the box in which those who are voting on premises will put their uh, their ballots as well. And you just uh, you have them in a sealed envelope that you've signed and dated. And, uh, you know, it goes goes right in there. Yeah, it's different in every county. But I did find out today that there are more people who voted early than did a mail-in ballot and traditionally that's not how it goes so i just hope that we have a good turnout that's what's most important yeah absolutely so you know i i was driving home last night and i was listening to uh, uh, a cnn uh, meteorologist who said was talking about the weather's impact on voting and i thought you know uh, the common wisdom has always been that if you have bad weather the turnout is dramatically affected and so I started doing some work on that, and they did a study at the University of Chicago back in 2007, and there have been other studies, and they showed there is some impact, but do you know one inch of rain they found uh, can decrease voter turnout uh, maybe 1%, and one inch of snow somewhere can decrease it uh, by less than half a percent. And apparently the whole notion that weather affected uh, voter turnout dates back to the 19th century, when the New York press would pay a lot of attention to it by putting specific forecasts out for particular areas where people would be voting. Oh. And that seemed to uh, pique curiosity in that. But I, I found that kind of interesting. So uh, are you saying, kind of, are you indicating that they did that to influence people voting or people staying home? No, I don't oh. think so. <laughs> okay. I think they thought it was. I, th- I think they thought it was helpful because, you know, if people were thinking of going, they kind of wanted to prepare them for whatever weather they had to head through to get out to the polls. And so, no, I don't think there was okay. uh, <laughs> with being, uh, uh, you know, affected or there was a purposeful uh, effect planned by that. Tom Skilling is with us. He joins us every Tuesday. Our conversation is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. Well, It's a good thing to know that snow will not keep people home because, boy, they are getting hit with it in Washington State, aren't they? They are. And uh, that's all the way south to California. Do you know the mountains around Los Angeles are going to get some snow out of this, as will the Sierra. 
And, of course, that's all of the good. They need the moisture out there. But there's another storm that's going to lift up and bring us into the 70s here um, by the time we get to Thursday, at least for a day. And that thing's going to produce quite a snowstorm out in the Rockies, uh, but more so in the northern plains and way up in the northern Midwest, up by the Boundary Waters area of northern Minnesota and into Ontario province in Canada. So, Lisa, we're heading into that time of the year now where, uh, you know, we have the snow uh, rearing its uh, its Yay. ugly head. Yay! <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. I hope we get a bundle of snow. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, too. And the cold weather that we get in Chicago, we have quite a cool down coming this weekend. But it's no accident that the really cold stuff that we consider Arctic hits after some storms have laid down a layer of snow up to our north. And the cold air will run over that snowpack. It's kind of the track on which the Arctic Express runs. Snow is highly reflective, and therefore, uh, when cold air comes southward, if it passes over a snow-covered ground, then, uh, you know, the sunlight's not heating it up on the way as much. So it can get farther and farther south. Mm. So Thursday's going to be a record high. Is that what you think? Very close. Yes. Um, 75 is the record. We ought to hit 74. We'll have a strong south wind. It'll be one of those days, Lisa, that we can throw open the windows and, uh, you know, take a walk and maybe even sleep with the window open if we're really daring uh, <laughs> Wednesday night, Thursday morning. The cold air, though, hits on Friday, and that'll be a day of falling temps. And then for the first time in seven months, we'll put together a string of days where temperatures fight hard to get up to 40 degrees, if that. They might stay in the 30s over the weekend. There might even be a, a few snow flurries in the air here on Saturday. That's why he calls it whiplash weather. That's what we've got to look forward to. Tom Skilling is with us. He's going to come back. We'll talk about the hurricane in Florida and developers trying to sell underwater land. The land is underwater in Florida. They're like, that's okay. We'll fill it up and put a house on it for you. I want your opinion on that. (laughs) And maybe a snow prediction if I can just get it out of him. But first a check on the weather right now and the traffic with Gabe Salgado. 720 WGN, Tom Skilling joins us on the Lisa Dent Show. Hey, did you buy one of those Powerball tickets? I did, yeah, and it was a, a total flop, uh, Lisa. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, I, darn it, I, I already had the uh, uh, 900 million spent. Um, you know, I was going to give everybody <laughs> I know a couple of hundred, you know, million, and, but it's not to be, Lisa. So I'm sorry. I, I promise you, you'll be in on it if oh, I, thanks. Uh, if I win. I'll share as well. Uh, the winner is in Altadena, California, in Los Angeles County. That means oh, wow. California has a new billionaire. Did you ever think you'd hear jackpots like this in your no. life? No. No. I didn't either. I no. didn't either. Because they that weren't around be- when we were little, you know? I mean, we, we were there for the beginning of the scratch-off and the lottery, and it oh, just yeah. seems absurd. You know, Lisa, can you even conceive of how your life would change if you won that kind of money, I mean, overnight, uh, it would it would be mind-boggling. I, I'm sure there are tougher things to deal with, but I would imagine you'd find a lot of friends you never knew you had, and you'd have to deal with that, you know? Well, and so, I think you would find it hard to be as nice as you are today, because you would have so many people coming at you. Of course, those who really do need money for some 
really serious issues, but sure. you'd have people trying to take advantage of you all the time, and that would turn you into a mean person. I, I, you know, you wonder about that. And you, you often hear that, you know, sometimes folks who come into all this money so quickly do have challenges they face. So who knows? But maybe we're just, you know, treating it with sour grapes or something. <laughs> we weren't the ones lucky enough to win it, you know? <laughs> could be, could be. Okay, so there's a developer in Florida in Boca Raton. He's got oh, no. four acres that sit at the bottom of the Intercoastal Waterway in South oh. Florida, and they are for sale for $43 million. Oh, no. They're <laughs> underwater, and this developer is saying, don't worry about it. We can fill it in, and we can develop it. This is the very yeah. issue that we're dealing with when it comes to hurricane season. Yeah. I. You know what? It's really amazing. There, there's like a building boom that is underway in Miami. They build these high-rise condos. And they get what they call these fair weather floods now as sea level rises. And the weather will be beautiful, be sunny and all, but you'll have a wind blowing in a certain way and the tide comes in and it floods these construction sites on which they're building brand new high rise buildings. And you wonder who would buy that? You know, I mean, right. you would kind of scare them a little bit. But well, um, And then oh, I just that, feel that all of our insurance prices go up because people continue to build in these situations yeah. where we know they will be flooded or hurricanes will take that building down or make it inhabitable. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's often said with regard to treating, uh, dealing with climate change, there are two things we're going to have to do. One, cut emissions, but two, um, uh, adapt. And one of the adaptions is going to be not rebuilding on places that have been flooded out uh, and will only have to be rebuilt at some point again, either on rivers or, uh, you know, on coastlines and all. And, you know, I remember years ago, I worked in Jacksonville, Florida for one year, and Neil Frank was the director of the Hurricane Center, and he would always talk about Galveston, Texas. They had that terrible hurricane which to this day remains the worst natural disaster in terms of uh, deaths back in 1900. And they built a seawall there for future hurricane protection. And over time, a sand bar developed in front of it. And developers came in and put condos on the (laughs) ocean side uh, of that. And Neil Frank was saying, can you believe that? I mean, you know, it's just it's you're tempting fate when you do something like that. Yeah, it's just crazy. I've been to that seawall. I know exactly what you're talking about. So we do have a hurricane situation. Will this hit Florida? And ironically, I mentioned that developer in Boca Raton. That's that's a place that could be hit by this hurricane. Nicole, right? Yeah, it looks um, Nicole has become more tropical looking. It it started as a kind of a non-tropical. We call it a subtropical storm. That's all academic, whether it's tropical or non-tropical. We weather people worry about that. The fact is, Tropical or non-tropical, these storms can do damage. And here's what's interesting. This is not the superstorm Ian was uh, back in late September when it plowed into uh, southwest Florida and went across the state. This, however, is um, uh, combined with a massive high pressure up over New England and producing a huge area of easterly winds that are running right into the Atlantic coast all the way from the Carolinas south to Florida. So while the storm itself may initially go into Florida and then recurve and go up the coastline with its heavy rains, um, there are going to be high waves eroding the coastline and pounding the uh, eastern seaboard all the way from the Carolinas south to full length of Florida. They, they just upgraded the hurricane warnings on the Florida coast, and there are tropical storm watches uh, north of that. 
Another one, Destin, or possibly, you know, taking out part of Florida. So election day here, weather is beautiful. People are out hitting the polls. Tom says 75 is the record for Thursday. Perhaps we could break that. And then you say the cold hits. You call it whiplash weather. So what can we look forward to this weekend? Well, there's there's quite a pattern change. Uh, it involves a jet stream that's blowing up from the southwest, warming us up tomorrow and Thursday. Ought to be some nice weather for a couple of days here, warmer than it is today. A lot of sunshine tomorrow, a south wind, a lot of sunshine Thursday, a strong south wind. Then the winds will turn southwest. That starts wrapping the cold air around this storm that's going to produce a blizzard up in the um, plain states. That'll wrap colder air in here. So Friday will start in the low 50s, fall back to the upper 30s by evening, and then we'll be hard-pressed to get out of the mid to upper 30s over the weekend. And that'll be the first time we put back-to-back 30-degree days together since uh, back in March, Lisa. So this is the coldest weather of the season and in seven months around here. Tom, I know you always bristle when people ask this question, but I got to know, when do you think we'll get our first big snowfall? Just a guess, just a random guess. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, Something like 70% of Novembers have produced measurable snow. But as everybody knows, these early season snows might be interesting, but they tend not to stick around. You usually get into December. Um, You know, I'm thinking of the winter of 78, 79, when we wound up with close to 90 inches of snow. That was our snowiest winter on record here in Chicago. And um, it was December 1st, the first big snowstorm hit that year. That's a little bit earlier than often happens, but you figure your first inch of snow, the average date on that is on or about December 3rd. There certainly have been years where that's occurred earlier. So I think we're a little ways away from that yet, uh, Lisa. Probably, uh, you know, a month away from a big snow, uh, if not a little more than that. Okay. Well, enjoy the next few beautiful days that we have on tap. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Lisa. Good to talk to you. Happy Election Day. Yes, yes. Can't wait to see the results. Tom Skilling on the Lisa Dent Show. The news is next with Steve Bertrand from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.